0: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: All right, what's happening, everybody? Time to get ready for the Sharks to take on Winnipeg. To talk about all things San Jose here on The Build-Up, we are now joined by Corey Mazasak of The Athletic. Corey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well.
0: Just uh, trying to stay dry. Yes. But otherwise, I'm good.
1: Nice, nice. So we are, my, my joke, because, you know, the Avengers has uh, permeated all aspects of society and my brain, I was saying, you know, we're now in the end game here of what has been a long San Jose Sharks season. And, you know, it's looking for responses after a bad game to, against Vancouver. How do they play against Calgary? And, you know, where do you think the team morale is right now, because it is one thing to play with a better response, but one six and three in your last ten is still not something that's easy for those guys to swallow, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I also used the end game, uh, the, like whatever phrase or meme whenever whenever they got to seventy, I was doing the like, here's <laughs> what the standings at the the standings at the bottom of the you know, at the bottom of the league because it's like, it you know I mean obviously the sharks have have been in this downturn for a bit here, but like you could sort of see it coming from like game sixty five to seventy where it's like okay. Everybody everybody's in this for the long haul now. It's like there's there's not gonna be a lot of there's not gonna be a lot of wins yeah. among those bottom four teams in the next twelve or twelve to fifteen games. But um yeah, no, it's like you know, it, it's it's been interesting because there's been maybe three or four points over the course of the season where you could just sort of tell um, you know, there was just like sort of like a change in the vibe. Um and like I'm mean, obviously the the biggest one was probably I would say, well, there were there was like that one losing streak. Nah, I'm trying to remember when it was. I, I want to say around Christmas time, but that was around Christmas time when it, it was when it was like, okay, this they they had a couple of stretches in here where they played better, but they're still not getting the results, and this it's just not happening. But then, when obviously they trade Timo, and then you know at that point it's you know the season's over, and so um, you know I look, I, I think I I, I give the, like you know the the veteran guys like. Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, those guys, like, I give them credit. Like, they're not, you know, I, I think it would almost be phony for them to try to be like, you know, rah, rah, fire up the boys. Hey, we got to go do this one for coach or for whoever. Like, I, everybody knows the kind of the deal now, right? There's like, there's thing nine, eight, nine games left. Like, you, you got to play hard. You got to, like, you know, you can't embarrass yourself or embarrass the team, but like, you know, for those guys, you know, it, it's probably good for them that they have like this one little specific goal where like they want to get Eric Carlson 100 points. But like, yeah. you know, this this the last eight or nine games is all about, you know, Henry Thrun and, uh, you know, just name name any of the other If some of the other younger guys come up or some of the a lot of the, honestly, a lot of these guys. You know, there's probably six, seven, eight guys on this team that don't know if they're going to be in the NHL next year or where they're going to be next year so. Like this is it's a, it's more for those guys than than anything at this point.
1: One of the things that I plan on asking David Quinn at the end of the year is that, you know, did he ever doubt himself? You know, because I I feel like most of the time he's done a pretty good job of putting the Sharks in a position to have success, only to watch his team melt down at critical moments. And you know, there's a number of reasons for that, and we can. You know, talk about the overall talent and having some very good front-end players. Like, you know, for a while, Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson and, you know, Logan Couture. But still, the team made some remarkable mistakes. I mean, do you think David Quinn has ever wondered, like, man, did I not do my job well enough?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I honestly, like, um, I had, uh, I just did a couple of mailbags, and there was one question in there that I didn't get to that I really wanted to. I just sort of ran out of space, um, was like, it was somebody had asked like, you know, what is what do you think the value add has been with having David Quinn as the coach? And like, look, I I think, you know, I was only here for part of the year last year, but like just kind of going through this same section of the season last year, I thought one of Bob Bugner's best qualities as a coach with this team was that he that was also a talent deficient team and didn't have a hundred point Eric Carlson. Um and but they still, you know, they played their butts off. And there was really again until until after the trade deadline until they were playing eight or nine AHL guys a night, like they were just, you know, they were fighting. They just didn't, they just didn't have it. And so Mm -hmm. this year has been a little bit different because like the first 55 games, like there's, it's very easy to look at the team through the first 55 or 58 or whatever it was and say they did a lot of things. Well, here's the things that they did better than they did in previous years. They scored a lot more goals. The, you know, for a while, the power play was better and now it's just completely cratered. Um, And so like I do think, and you know, they've looked they've until again until the maybe the last eight or ten games, they've been able to point to like you know, they've had four or five terrible games all year. And you just it's just you just look at the standings, like you look at the one column and it says points, and all these four teams are lined up. And until recently, you looked at the other side, the goal differential, and it's like, how is this team have two points less than Anaheim when they've the goal differential was forty different? Like, you know, it's just like it's and so there was there was, there was, it was just really like a point in the season from like, let's say game to 30 to 50 or 30 to 25 to 55, where those other teams at the bottom were just, I mean, they were getting their teeth kicked in twice a week and it's, it just, you know, the shark, it happened to the sharks once a month. Yeah. And so it was just like, this doesn't, it just doesn't add up. And so I, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, you know, on one hand, it's so hard to evaluate him as a coach, like X's and O's is, you know, wh- who's at fault for the the terrible mistake with two minutes left? Because, it, I mean, it all does go back to the overall, like, you know, the, the talent plays the talent. And, like, you know, there's whatever, you know, you could say that there's that's always the line, right? Whenever it's a team down at the bottom of the standings, like Scotty Bowman isn't turning this team into a playoff team. Yeah. Um, but, like, but there are, were, there were like, it, it'll be, and I think it'll be an interesting offseason because on one hand, you take the first 58 games and you say, fix this little thing here, get a little bit better luck here, a little this year, and that's a pretty good team. On the other hand, that team had Timo Meyer, and um this team doesn't now. So it's going to be like how do you evaluate what happened this year versus and and look, you know, we they've been pretty open about, you know, if if they find the right deal for Eric Carlson, he might be gone too. So that it's just like it's just it's just it's going to feel like such a weird uh I would I would be fascinated to to, to see some of the like the year end evaluations that the team does do because it's just like on one hand, like you said, f- through fifty-five, fifty-eight games you can say that this is a team was you know a, a three or four things away from like maybe figuring some stuff out, but that's not this team anymore. So you know no, I'm, but, does, I mean, does, does that even that, matter.
1: You lose a nieto, you lose a Benino, you lose a Timo Meyer. I mean, you keep on going down the the list of the players that were impactful, and I even go back to the injury to Luke Cunning. I mean, he to me was a big part of what they were trying to do and establish. And I mean, listen, that's professional sports. That's how it goes. You know, when you trade away talent or you lose it to injury, it's not gonna not gonna lead to a better outcome um, ninety nine times out of a hundred. And so, you know, I, I like is it is it cheesy to look at you know their bounce back against Calgary, and you know they went down to nothing. You know, I was like, "Uh-oh, this is just like Vancouver." But then they rallied to take a three-two lead, and Calgary, with a lot more to play for, um, was able to respond and ended up winning. I won't say with ease, but you know, they handled the Sharks. Like, is it enough? Maybe even just from a fan standpoint, to see them at least still having fight at this point.
0: Yeah, I think it helps. I mean, look, I, um, you know, I've I, I've used this line a couple of times with with uh, the other writers, like as a veteran of this process, because I've uh, been through a handful of these seasons now um, there is, and not, and honestly, not just as a beat writer, a hockey beat writer, but like just as a, you know, a fan of the Pittsburgh pirates, I've, I've watched many teams lose a bunch of games for most of my life. Um, there is a, there is a, there is a sort of a specific way that you can tank quote unquote tank. Well, it's just, you know, lose games. That is, can be acceptable to fans and, and there can be like, to me, I, again, I would look at, you know, I would look at how this, the shark season has gone as a whole. And then even, you know, even the last, let's say 10 games, they've had, you know, a handful of really bad games. And then they've generally speaking, have come back with a game like the Calgary game. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, if I were a sharks fan, as long as they're you know, and I, and I want them to, to finish as far down the things as I want, as they can, I want them to lose the games, but, it's got to be way more entertaining slash, like, just less of a, you know, just grueling thing to watch the team lose 4-3 than to watch the team lose 6-1 every night or 6-2 or whatever. So, like, I I do think that, like, they're – I just – I mean, I, I – we'll see how the last eight or nine games go, but I, I really do think, like, you know, look, if this team finishes in 32nd place, the thing that I'm going to write at the end of the season is probably going to be this is one of, like, the quote-unquote best – tankings in the history of the NHL because like (laughs) this team this team wasn't that bad. Like they were they were entertaining. They had a couple of great players. They had many, many entertaining games. They didn't just you know they weren't the 2015 Oilers, the 2015 Sabres where they were, you know, calling up guys from the ECHL to try to lose it. Like they they tried to win. They played hard. They played well at times and they lost. And that's like kind of a, if you're in the situation that the franchise is in where you need one of those guys the top of this draft like it's it's hard to ask for much more than that really like the, like to to not have to worry about the culture going into next year because you lost 15 games by 10 goals or whatever like you just like that's some of that like i've that was look in new jersey that was the thing right like they they got the number one pick two times in three years but there was all the there was also this whole like Oh my God, are they losing too much? Are these kids ever going to learn? What are they going to do? They don't know how to win. Right. And they'll never learn. And then look, all of a sudden all this year, they, you know, they woke up and here they are the third best team in the league. Like I, that, I mean, that's just the way it works. So like, I, like just to not have to go through that, like, Oh my God, this team is so terrible. Like I, I think there's some value in that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And you know, it just to play devil's advocate, you said, you know, you need to get one of these guys at the top of the draft, but, is that true? Is it one of these guys at the top of the draft or is it Connor Bedard and everyone else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, there is but, but let's um, I'll preface that by saying, how many Stanley Cups do the Edmonton Oilers have with Connor McDavid?
0: Well, no, that yeah, so that's the thing, right? So you, you I I I feel like this is gonna be a conversation that people are gonna be having regardless of which guy they get up there right. in the few months. Like, this is not that they to go back to that mailbag, that I thought it was pretty fascinating. Like there. Basically, depending on which pick they get is gonna set off the next set of decisions. Like mm-hmm. if you get the number one pick, okay, they're gonna take Connor Bedard. Now what? Because like now what could be does that mean Eric Carlson sticks around or wants to stick around? Does that mean right. does that mean does that accelerate the the quote unquote rebuild? I to me, I would look at this and say, like, Connor McDor Connor McDonald Bedard is not the I know, couldn't life. he have had a different yeah. first name? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, it, like Connor, Connor Bedard is not the end point of this, of this project. He is a, it would be great for the franchise. It would be great for the city. It might accelerate things like by a year at, on the back end, but like, yeah, they're I mean, the Oilers didn't go from being the worst team in the league to, you know, Eastern Western conference finalists in Connor Bedard's for Connor, Connor McDavid's first year. <laughs> um, so uh yeah, yeah. Look, the I mean, there is. I you know, there, there. It's not like, you know, Connor Bedard is a generational player, and the guy who's going to go second is like, a, you know, maybe a second line center. It's not right. that. It's definitely not that. Like, right? Like, I mean, Adam Fantilli looks like an amazing prospect. He like, he would be would be the number one. He would be the number one guy in every draft since. Mc- since matthews except for why well, he's i'd say Liz, he's probably on par with with dalene and and jack hughes like he's 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 got a lot of jack hughes in him except he's six two and that's yeah. a you know which is which is funny because that's what people say about luke hughes is that luke looks a lot like quinn and jack except he's six two um so yeah so i he's great like this the michkov kid the russian kid we he's such a wild card but like the thing I, i'm only going by the things that i hear like our two prospect guys say like I mean, uh, Connor Corey Promman has already has already. He's put him as the number two guy in the draft. He he thinks that both him and Fantilli are going to be, you know, many times all stars. You know, Scott Wheeler says he's the best Russian prospect since Alex Ovechkin. Well, Mm. like think of think of all the guys who have come since Ovechkin. We're talking Kucherov, Kaprizov, uh, just you know Barkov. Like just I mean, if he's that, if those three guys are that good, like you're getting a franchise player. It's just. I think people expect Bedard to be like amazing, like right away, or, or like maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit quicker. Obviously, Michikov could be, could be three or four years down the road. Um, but yeah, no, I look, yeah, I, 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 I don't think, I think of all those teams at the bottom, the Sharks need, could use, not what they need, could use Connor Bedard the most because they're, if you, if you kind of line them up with all the other teams at the bottom, they're the farthest behind in terms of like well just again look at anaheim you can say this season has been terrible for anaheim the team has been played like terrible mm-hmm. but they got trevor zegers and mason mctavish and jamie drysdale and right. so like they're like two years ahead so um yeah they, they would I, if you line them up like which team could use him the most it's it's the sharks but at the same time like he, he, any of those guys isn't isn't fixing this thing overnight. So it's, you know, get one of those guys and probably plan on being back there next year and get one of those guys. And now maybe they're cooking with
1: something. I know that one of the reasons that you were so interested in covering San Jose is because of where they were and what they were going to do next. Has this been as interesting as you expected it to be, or maybe, maybe more interesting now that you add in the return of Eric Carlson to a form that, I mean, maybe he's not as fast as he was, but I think he's smarter than he was. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. To be
0: to be honest, I don't know if I really had any expectations, like, about how the, you know, the team was going to play or the, you know, I, I just kind of knew, like, a few things here and there. I'll say, like, I, like, I mean, just for me, for our purposes, for me or for shanger or for Curtis, any of us, like. Um, you know, having getting one of those players will make our jobs like more interesting over the next mm-hmm. couple of years, next whatever it could be, you know, it could be the next fifteen years. But like, just just having those types of players, um, like coming, like developing, like it just you know all of that stuff. Like I just like going from the Devils winning the lottery and up until the third season of Jack Hughes, I I've written so many things about him, like have I've I spent. I used to joke that I spent more time in Michigan in the off season than I did in New Jersey or New York because uh, they, they that's where the team USA and the Hughes and everybody are just kind of based. Um, So uh, you know, I mean, Connor Bedard's from Vancouver. That, 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 that wouldn't hurt. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I, I just think like, yeah, look this year specifically, I, this, you know, I'm sure somebody from the outside might say, Oh my God, you watched this team lose whatever it is you know, 30 times at home and X. they're going to lose whatever it is, 55 games. Like, again, the the games have been entertaining. Um, like, watching Eric Carlson do this this year has been, I mean, 30 years from now, hopefully, I'll be able to look back and say, man, that year that Eric Carlson had 100 points, that was amazing. Yeah. And so, like, even, again, the not to always just bring it back to New Jersey, but, I mean, the Devils were terrible, but, like, the leap that, that Jack Hughes' second year it was like, he didn't, he didn't have a hundred points, but it was like this whenever he was healthy, like yeah. every night it was just like, wow, I can't believe this kid is awesome. He's going to be awesome. Like it's, it was just fun. It was literally just fun to watch him play hockey. And so <laughs> it's been like that with, with Eric and, 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 and Timo before he was, and so I just, just in general, I like, you know, this, it seems like it's another year of watching a terrible team or whatever. But like, honestly, this is, it's been the, that's the games have been entertaining the players have been great like and i mean this is all it's also look it's the first time back in the locker room in like three years right and just like i mean it, they, the team could be terrible and the guys could be boring and it would still be great for me because i'm back in the locker room and i can actually talk to them but i would take a, an entertaining team with like engaging people in the locker room to talk to over a good team full of boring players every yes
1: day. well <laughs> so you get stories like the f1 uh, stuff you did yeah. like that's something you don't get when you're away from the team
0: Right. No, I mean I i was talking about that with uh with somebody the other day. Like I did a story last year on the escape room team mm-hmm. club. And that story took almost two weeks to do because it was like trying to get guys on Zoom or, or trying to not do Zooms with them because they didn't want everybody else to write about it. And so it was like it was just a very like at the end of it, I was like, I really like this story. It was fun. But man, do I miss being in the locker room? I could have done this story in two days. And so, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Formula One story, it was literally two days of talking to players. And then I wrote it like that. That's the type of thing that's just you can't. It's you just there's just no way to replicate that on Zoom.
1: There is more of this interview that you will be able to hear tomorrow morning on Morning Tide right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Be sure to join us at 7 o'clock tonight for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network with Dan Rusinowski, And then, of course, the game broadcast itself starts at 7.30 as the Sharks take on the Jets. After that, not much more hockey Thursday night against Vegas and then Saturday at Arizona, then back home Colorado and Colorado and then Edmonton to finish off home games for the season before they're at Winnipeg, at Calgary, and at Edmonton to end the year. We're out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes,
0: Google, and Spotify and on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.